Es un asunto en el que la sociedad civil siempre ha jugado un papel fundamental. La sociedad civil. Civil society. The Grassroots View, an EESC podcast. In this edition of The Grassroots View, we're focusing on EU enlargement and the Western Balkans. Not all Western Balkans countries are equally advanced on the journey towards EU membership. And there's frustration at a perceived lack of enthusiasm among some EU member states towards an eventual enlargement of the Union in the Western Balkans. That frustration is reflected in some EU national capitals and institutions, which want to see faster and more effective reforms, a resolution of outstanding tensions, and greater solidarity with the EU's foreign policy. The Grassroots View, an EESC podcast. The European Economic and Social Committee is constantly engaged in dialogue with civil society partners to strengthen links between the EU and the region. On this podcast, my first guests are Ionut Sibian, EESC member from Romania and president of the Western Balkans Follow-up Committee, Yaroslav Pietras, a former senior European Union and Polish government official engaged in the Polish EU accession process, and Dafina Petsi, secretary-general of the National Youth Congress of Albania. First, to you, Ionut, how would you characterize the state of civil society in the Western Balkans? There is very fruitful work at the regional level among civil society organizations. We started to have umbrella organizations that they act at the regional level, they work together at the regional level, and uh, they are also promoters of the EU values inside uh, their society and regional level. So this is very important in societies that are quite uh, conservative in terms of human rights, uh, in terms of rule of law, the fact that you have this driving force, that it's civil society, this is a, an important asset, I think, for their enlargement uh, process. Dafina, what are your observations as a youth leader about civil society at a regional level in the Western Balkans? There is a need for civil society from Western Balkans to engage more in the dialogue uh, upon the uh, future uh, of, of Western Balkans and the relation with EU, and especially uh, to replicate those good examples of institutions being built also in other disciplines or sectors, for example, in innovation and digitalization or in uh, certain schemes which do prevent brain drain because it's a common challenge for all Western Balkan countries. Or when it comes to green agenda, sustainability, tourism and agriculture, because it's also a key element that brings these countries together. So in that aspect, I would like to see this cooperation taking place in a concrete context and also having civil society and young people uh, much more substantially involved. Yaroslav, where would you place the role of civil society in the EU enlargement process? Countries who are now members of the EU convinced that there is not only few nicely dressed politicians who come to negotiate to the capitals uh, of the EU member states, but it is a whole society which is de facto willing, wanting, and demanding even uh, accession to the EU, knowing that you have to change legislation, that you have to make uh, necessary reforms, that you have to establish institutions. And this is not a very simple process, but it has to be based on a support done by public opinion, by civil society. But that's a two-way street, isn't it? How can the EU support that momentum? 
if you give perspective of the accession, I think that this prospect are very important in uh, helping these countries to change. I would say from my own experience from Poland, at the very beginning, there has been very rapidly changing governments from left to right, from uh, very pragmatic to very exotic. Exactly the prospect of uh, becoming member of the European Union has helped many governments and all these governments have been uh, very firm in uh, supporting European process. So it gave a stability in times where politics in general were not so stable. Dafina, the government in Albania is committed to EU membership. Is that enthusiasm reflected among the young people you're working with? In Albania, young people for, for several years now have been showing a lot of enthusiasm when it comes to European Union and our accession as, as a country. Based on the latest Eurobarometer figures, we see that the trend of trust is among 62%. But uh, what we have concluded uh, during our work with young people for, for 10 years now, uh, it's not really only about their enthusiasm or their um, willingness to become part of the European family, but mostly with what do they know in terms of not only rights and access, but also engagement and responsibility. And we are not talking um, enough about that. And we are not working, I would say, uh, enough in that direction. Jonot, does what Dafina was saying there resonate with you when you think back to when Romania was a candidate country for EU membership? Public support was very high towards uh, Romania's accession into the EU. It's not the case now in all the Western Balkans countries. You have on one side countries like North Macedonia and Albania, where still the citizens, they are highly committed to the enlargement process. But you have on the other side, Serbia, in between Russia and EU. And this, uh, you could uh, notice it uh, uh, on the opinion polls, where um, the um, majority of the population is not necessarily supporting the process. It's always ups and downs. Is that because civil society in Serbia and perhaps in some other Western Balkans countries is too weak, too underdeveloped? It's not just the level of development of civil society. It's also the level of maturity in terms of uh, the democratic process. And it's also very challenging because having this enlargement process taking so long time now, you have moments in those countries where reforms are implemented and you think that they are on the right path. And then it's an economic or political crisis where you lose these advantages. So it's very frustrating also for them and also for us. The Grassroots View, an EESC podcast. Yaroslav, another complication is Russia's war of aggression against Ukraine, which has led Ukraine to apply for candidate status itself. And that's led to fears in the Western Balkans that Ukraine could jump the queue, hasn't it? The summit in Versailles has ended with the word Ukraine is within European family. It means it fulfills the initial criteria to apply for membership. Now the question is whether Ukraine will be given candidate status. Candidate status doesn't say how long it will take and what will have to happen 
before Ukraine will become a member. But from moment that the country status is given, there is a consideration to the process which could last for years, but this will be very significant, politically important, because it will have a legal base. Everyone will look what is happening on the way of Ukraine to the EU. Daphina, to round off this part of the podcast, what's your advice to Ukraine, or indeed any of your Western Balkans neighbours, from your experience as a youth leader in Albania? What we are lacking is the proper participation and being heard and being listened and being there when the inception phase of whatever political intervention is being developed. Because it's not only about being consulting to a certain point, but being part of the table in the very, very start. And I would say that civil society in Albania, keeping here in mind the organizations, the movements, the research institutes, academia, but also youth, uh, youth movements, can play a crucial role uh, when it comes to uh, designing uh, different public policies, but also schemes which aim to, to develop our capacities. Thanks, Dafina, Yaroslav and Yunut for your thoughts on this relationship between the EU and the Western Balkans, which is full of challenges, but opportunities as well. Now, to see this from a different grassroots view, two journalists, Camille Cerise Gesson from Agence Europe and a correspondent for Western Balkans Media in Brussels, Erisa Zukai. Erisa, how would you summarize the experience of journalists working in the Western Balkans? What is happening, in fact, is that there is a political pressure put to the owners of the media, and as a consequence, they put pressure on the journalists themselves. So this is very worrying because this makes it very difficult for journalists to conduct their proper job, and especially in covering very sensitive issues like the fight against corruption and the fight against uh, organized crime. Uh, so, uh, it, you know, the European Union there is needed at least to provide legal assistance for the journalists. They cannot, uh, they cannot afford, you know, to go to trial if uh, something is wrong uh, with their owners. And this is very, very important. Camille Cerise, what's your perspective on this issue of independent media? Is it a strong element of civil society in the Western Balkans? It's really important, but it's quite complicated right now. We can see in all the EU reports on the Western Balkans, in every country of the Western Balkans, it's always, we need more independent press, we need more um, freedom of expression in these countries, freedom of press. And it's important because if you don't ex explain what is happening from the EU side and inside your country, if you don't explain what is important to do some reforms, it's complicated also for the citizens to understand why it's so important to be part of the EU. And we can see that right now. But is there really a need to sell the idea of EU membership in the region? We have some countries waiting for so many time. And in the countries, people don't think it's important anymore to be part of the EU. And they don't understand why uh, they, they, it's important to be part of the EU. So I think it's important for the press to be neutral and to explain why it's important to be part of the EU. Or why is it not? If you consider it's not important, but we need to have independence and freedom of press and expressions, but it's quite complicated to have that in these countries. Erisa, what's the main focus of journalists in the region as far as European integration is concerned? To clarify what is the European political community that the French president, Emmanuel Macron, proposed 
uh, on 9th of May. Uh, it was the Europe's Day, and we were really waiting as citizens uh, and journalists uh, for the Western Balkan countries, you know, for something, uh, for a strong message to be, uh, uh, you know, delivered by the French president. And, you know, instead of uh, saying that those countries have a real uh, perspective of full membership in the European Union, he proposed instead a, a political a European political community. And how has that idea gone down with the countries of the Western Balkans? So now, you know, we have some countries uh, who are backing this and others that are not backing. And the first step will be to clarify what this uh, uh, political community is about, because uh, it, I mean, if there is a, a, an alternative to membership, this is a very bad news for the region, for the Western Balkan region. But if this will be treated as a first stage to the full accession of uh, the Western Balkan countries to the European Union, then it could be interesting, even though it might be long. The Grassroots View, an EESC podcast. Camiseries, to round up, you heard Yonut a bit earlier talking about the EU's concerns related to Serbia. Do you share his view? Serbia is quite close. To Russia right now, I mean, it could be a big issue. We can see that Lavrov wanted to go to to Serbia, and it's not possible because the country uh, abro- uh, around the Serbia closed their airspaces, so it's not possible for the Russian plane to go to Serbia. But you can also think about Kosovo, just because five EU member states thinks Kosovo is not an independent state. We have five countries who don't uh, recognize Kosovo, so it also can be an issue. For example, well, we can see the situation in Bosnia and Herzegovina. Right now, we have some part of the country who want to be more independent, if, in, if I can say that like that. So I think in all the countries, we can have some issue. And if you want to be part of the EU, it's an independent process. Camille Cerise and Arisa, thanks to you both. Some thought-provoking insight, not least for your journalistic counterparts in the Western Balkans. That's all for the time being. Join us again soon for another look at Europe from the grassroots view.